Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Okay, we're we're gonna start. Yeah. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, everybody in the globe? You are listening to Stradio Lab, um, the podcast about straight culture, but also not at all. And yes, I'm doing a formal line as an intro now because I feel um, like it's helpful. Because who knows? Maybe there's a new person listening to this. A, a boy can dream. Wow. Um, maybe. And so, yeah, for the old Stradio heads, maybe it looks like. I've lost my edge, but I <laughs> actually have not. I'm just making this p- episode more accessible to oh, newcomers. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like me starting out really defensively? Is you that are, good? yeah. You're so you're immediately. I mean, I guess we always start out defensive. My thing <laughs> when we start out any episode, I'm like my default tone going in is like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like that's me to our listeners. <laughs> Mine is like I start out really carefree. For, for like one second and then I immediately uh, scold myself for feeling that way yeah. and scold the imaginary listener who's in, clearly judging me. Well, there's this back and forth where we want, I think we think our listeners are like the smartest people in the world. And yeah. of course that stems from a certain narcissism thinking like, well, only so really <laughs> smart people could possibly understand our incredibly smart thoughts. But then mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword because it's like, okay, our listeners are literally geniuses, so then they can see right through us if we say something that's stupid, which happens more often than you would think. Yeah. And so to that smart listener out there, I say, you know what? You don't own me. 
I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't I, need to be perfect. And just to counter that, I will do whatever you want if you just kind of Venmo <laughs> me $25. <laughs> like, I, I'm not above that. I think um, I, I, we are taking requests. Um, mm. Please sign up for the Patreon. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, I have to say, when you bring up the Patreon, it... I'm sorry. I know that ruins everything, but we have to it, promote it. Tightens my little hole. To I know. No, no, no. no. You're, yes, you're like Kyle, Kyle X Y, but for your hole, you have no hole. <laughs> At this point, the fact that you mentioned the Patreon before you mentioned the Patreon, I had barely any hole. Yeah, and now that you mentioned it, my hole is gone. I'm Kyle well, famously, X Y. You're famously tight, but now you know all bets. I mean, now you're uh, you know a Kendall. <laughs> yeah, there's. It's just smooth now. I mean, it looks incredible. It's 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 fashion. But well, you know, as I, as as I was talking, your your hole was doing the thing that Neo's mouth does in the Matrix, <laughs> where he's like trying to talk on the phone, but his mouth is closing and he can no longer open it. Your hole was like. <laughs> That's exactly what my hole was doing, which is why it's so problematic of you to bring up the Patreon. And because after that, you know, my hole is what tells me what to say. And so you bring up the Patreon shuts down my hole, which then yeah. shuts down my mouth. Well, your hole is a metaphor for pretty much a lot of things, honestly. And so in addition to the Matrix, I want to also posit that your hole is similar to like how Voldemort's head was in the back of that guy's head. So, you know, your face is the front of shop, but then the hole is kind of where your real personality lies. And when the hole yeah. gets nervous, the face doesn't know what it's doing. The shop is closed. The yeah. shop is closed, hunty. <laughs> Do you know what's I mean, crazy? Is like, okay, the Harry Potter thing, like, I guess that, you know, Voldemort was in the back of the guy's head, right? Am I making that up? No, you're right. Okay, I'm right. There was yeah, a our movie recently right, that, yeah. was, that was like the exact reveal of a recent horror movie. Do you know Which... what I'm talking about? Malignant. Oh, I didn't watch it. Oh, well, spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh George, I was going to watch that right after this. I'm Fuck. sorry. I listened no, to, it's I, fine. I, I like read uh, spoilers about it. And I, honestly, it sounded pretty good. I couldn't. It was one of those movies where it was like people were like, I love it. And some people were like, it's whatever. And so I was like, well, wait, which is it? Yeah. So that's why I got scared and didn't know how to feel about it. So I never watched it. When you're ambivalent or like when there's mixed reviews, that turns me off so much. Like, it's really the best. Oh, I'm always negative. Oh, interesting. I actually feel (laughs) the opposite way, which is that I love for me, the ideal Rotten Tomatoes score is like 60 percent. Like I want it. And that's why I it's like. I'm not going to look up what the score for this is now, but like the movie Vox Lux, I feel like is at that perfect point where well, half of the people love it and half the people hate it. Vox Lux is a little more art pop, you know. It's a little more like it's the definition of, of art reacting. pop. Celeste yeah. is Gaga, <laughs> whereas like something like Malignant, it's more like I was scared I would just be bored. You don't That's think Malignant that... is art pop? Because <laughs> I kind of get art pop from Malignant. Really? Maybe, yeah. Maybe you know, media. It's her Joe Calderon. <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel like the reviews I've been seeing were like like warm but like not interesting. They were Joanne reviews. They were Joanne reviews. Right. That's interesting. Do you think House of Gucci is art pop? House of Gucci is going to be so art pop. I agree. I'm beyond and and thank god thank god we are uh, once again gay guys on a podcast because we can talk about house of gucci and yes it's trite it's played out everyone who's gay and has a podcast is talking about house of gucci but we deserve to talk about it as well i'm so excited (laughs) yeah um 
I'm trying to think if I want to bring this up because it's like opening up a whole can of worms. But I wanted oh to get God. your take on something. So I saw okay. this play. It's called Dana H. And I'm going to tell you what the gimmick is and you're going to actually shit your pants and have to leave and we're going to have to stop recording. Are you ready? Oh, no. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so it's a serious play. And it is like, it is literally based on this woman's life who was like kidnapped for like five months and taken to various motels. It's like very harrowing. Okay. And her son is the one who wrote the play. So the play is based on interviews with his mom. And it's one actress and it's the whole thing is one monologue. And it's based on real interviews. Now, are you ready for the gimmick? Yes. Literally, the audio is from the actual interviews, and the entire thing is lip-synced. No. Yes. <laughs> Why? So, it actually, I want to uh, say, I actually really enjoyed it, and I thought she, like, pulled it off. It was, like, a masterful performance. But imagine, like, something we associate with literally, like, drag performance being used for such obje- just, like, serious and earnest ends. There's some, like, there's a certain, like, mental whiplash that happens like you're literally watching an extended lip sync performance did she did anyone try to tip her (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like if you're watching this woman lip sync i would be like even though it's dramatic i'd be trying to tip her people in the audience were like yeah Slay mama. Slay mama. <laughs> like, do Judas. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess that's cool. I don't, I mean, to be, sometimes even with normal lip syncing, I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love it. No, I, I, I know a drag exactly queen. I love a performance. Is, but I am sort of like, what are we doing here? It's interesting that it's such a big part of drag. Because you could easily see drag, like, the history of drag going in a slightly different direction and maybe that's not a big part of it maybe it you know but like now when you see a drag performance that is what it is it is like that's the default is lip syncing and then the maybe if a queen is like a good singer she'll like actually sing herself or maybe it'll be like more of a comedy like stand-up routine or whatever but the default is lip syncing and like as a playful element, I'm like, sure, this is great. I love to watch this this yeah. fantasy. I actually but then love like, it. I love it. But then when it's like, okay, well, this is the most serious thing ever. Now it's like, it's like, well, this isn't a, it's not serious. Well, but, it should so, be... so this is what I, this is why it like fucked with me because I was like, as and like I said, I liked it and I was very moved by it. But like, it is so weird to take something that we associate with like camp and drag. And then use it for such different means. I'm trying to think like what the an equivalent to that would be. It would be like if someone did like <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, Jared has Jared has an idea. What? Um, I <clears throat> so I worked at a drag queen bar for many years, and I would see some of the drag queens like argue with each other mm-hmm. in like drag vernacular. And it always was very funny to me to hear people use those terms in this very kind of dramatic, unfun oh, yes. way. Also, I had a similar whiplash when I thought it was like a thought experiment and it was imp- uh, dramatic improv. Is anyone doing improv for drama? That's a perfect example. Like doing dramatic mm-hmm. improv. Yes. Like, like, 
and and I and I want to take it even a step further. It's it's like dramatic improv at a funeral. Like it, literally, it's like <laughs> like it's like the darkest possible thing. Because this story was so dark, and it was like you were so in it, and you could not like even though yes, afterwards I'm able to look back and and be like, isn't it funny that it was lip synced, and that's what I associate with drag queens in the moment. It was like everyone was on the verge of tears. But yeah, what would dramatic improv look like? That's a real thing. Honestly, I think it's just Meisner, right? Oh, it's Meisner. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. I've definitely, I feel like when I did like comedy improv in like college and stuff, like some of the more like heady actor people would be like, oh, I, you know, I I do improv, but never comedic. It's, I do more dramatic improv. And I was like, what the fuck? Like (laughs) initiating a scene with like, (laughs) my mom is dead. Yes. Like, and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I'm already laughing, but (laughs) yeah, I honestly, yeah. yeah, I could never do it. I literally everything I try to whenever I try to do anything dramatic, it comes out comedy. It's mm. it's why I've chosen this route. Mm-hmm. When I was twelve years old, I auditioned for a play. I have famously auditioned for upwards of thirty plays in my life, and I've never received even a callback for a play. I think <laughs> uh, I think that is like the one medium that just the the industry kind of just understands like this is not for Jared. Uh, and when I was 12, I auditioned to play a drug dealer in a middle school. Um, and all the lines were curse words. And I was like sitting across from this woman who was like reading with me. And I was like, you fucking bitch. Give me drugs. You know, you want these drugs, you little fucking bitch. Uh, and she broke out laughing in front of me oh, during the audition. No. And then apologized and was like, please continue. <laughs> Well, she to also be, had but, probably spent the day literally listening to various 12-year-old gay boys call her a fucking <laughs> No! Hey, I was so straight when I was 12, okay? You don't know. Fair, fair. <laughs> no, I was extremely gay. Also, I looked like six. Well, well that's, you, you look so young now. You look six right now. That's right. You do. You were um, a child actor. And now we've brought it up. I'm sorry. Well, you, well, well you, brought you brought it up. No, I know, I know, I know. I won't stop talking about it. I didn't Wait. know that someone told me, like, relatively recently, because you came up. Mm. I had no idea. What was your child acting career like? I started when I was 11. It was over by the time I was 17. Um, it was really fun. It was deeply inappropriate. Um, there were some high highs and some low lows, baby. What were the high highs? High highs. I was on Broadway. Ever heard of it? Um, that's a street in our town (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. um i i was in a sketch on the famous late night program saturday night live Mm -hmm. oh Uh, fun and i was also fired from a musical and never worked again what musical were you fired from it was called spring awakening (gasps) you were in spring awakening and fired for three weeks (laughs) yeah did you you perform it was off broadway it was so like what was Leanne like six Michelle. months before. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Who? Was. What was your role, and who took over the for gay you? Gay one. Come on. To be fair, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Is this traumatic to bring up your past? No, honestly, like I, I, I simply love talking about it. I, I, I'll never let it go. I actually have seen Spring Awakening. I saw a touring version. It's of so it good. In, like, it's incredible. San Jose, California, when I was in college. Yeah. And it was, and it is. Uh, at the time, I mean, I was 19 years old. I did, I did enjoy it. And it's I love good. that it's the origin story of Leah Michelle. I know, right? And Jonathan Groff. And John Groff. And Jonathan Groff. Who, well, we don't need it. What? I hear he's a psychopath. Really? But, <gasps> yeah. But, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, 
No? I mean, I look, I knew him for three weeks 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but then I did bump into him like seven years later one night. And he is just the sweetest angel from heaven who like remembered oh. my name. I was hiding from him because I was so embarrassed. And okay, like, you're being Hollywood right now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're an LA guest, and it shows. This is babe. So I can't turn it to off. Call a celebrity, like to be like the celebrity's the sweetest angel. That's not gonna work on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're making enemies right now. Okay, you're, wait. Can I just say? Can I just say? I am deep. You're not triggered. on. This is an Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it Ellen. Uh, in that I am, I'm deeply triggered by both Sam and George and this podcast. Uh huh. In this, please moment. explain. Well, you know, you guys are so funny, and you're so smart, and you're so cool. You're doing and Ellen again. You're doing Ellen. <laughs> and you're just the sweetest little angels from heaven. Oh, And we're just a family. We're yeah. like a family. Sam well, is the prankster. At, at, at ABC Disney is a, is a family. Yeah. Um, so it's actually really, it's really big of me to come on here and kind of face the dragon, so to speak. The dragon sure. being? George Severus. Oh, I see. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little confused. Am I a sweet angel or am I a dragon? <laughs> You're both, babe. Oh, interesting. I guess I am kind of complicated like that. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing it. Um, wait, should we introduce our guest? Yeah, let's introduce our guest. Who is it? <laughs> you guys, this guest is a sweet angel. He's a sweet angel from actually, heaven. A lot of people say he's like a huge asshole but i in my experience he's like been nothing but nice to me like i we used to we did this play called spring awakening together and um he ended up not remaining in the cast but i went on to win the tony award for it yeah um, and if i had been the producer i would have kept him i would not have fired him i thought yeah, he was so yeah but talented. you were actually fired from being a producer yeah and i was yeah, the only yeah. one of the three of us that made it to the end i played the role of george and i won the tony for best George. Uh, George. Guest actor in a comedy series. <laughs> wow. Um, but please um, give a glamour girl hootie who for Jared Goldstein. Hootie who. Jared, uh, now, you're someone we've been uh, wanting to have on for a while. Um, how does it feel to finally be here? <laughs> <sighs> it feels great. The booster is just coursing through my system. Right. Jared got a booster last night. Yeah, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Two nights ago. But if you want to like, if you want to pause here, play mm-hmm. it back, and we can leave it that it was last night for drama. Yeah, <laughs> I somehow thought it was yesterday, but 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 two nights ago. I like it. I like yeah. that. I well, think I that just works like the idea that you, you yeah. just got your booster and it's right coursing through yes. your veins. And in and spite of is... it all, I am on a podcast right That's now. That's right, and and you're almost like yeah. that. What's that movie Crank where he has like he takes that drug? Do you know what I'm talking sure. about? Sure. Yeah, and he can't. His heartbeat can't go below a certain uh, yeah, yeah. amount, like or else he'll die. Is. He's actually had like upwards of thirty-five boosters since COVID started. <laughs> yeah, and if he stops podcasting, he'll die. So yeah, he's been, exactly. He's yeah, been he touring the podcast. <laughs> if you have a podcast, please get in touch because he. Can, yeah, or else he, he will literally perish. Yeah, he actually his microphone is like tied to. His, it's like the more he <laughs> talks, the more he's able to live. Yeah, they put yeah. the Moderna in the mic, and it just kind of <laughs> follows through. Yeah, it's really unethical. It's actually a, a test thing they're doing. Um, Wait, but now that you've mentioned that movie I haven't seen, I do want to circle back to, like, 60% Rotten Tomato movies. Yes, please. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because, so I feel like, I don't know what this sort of reveals about me, but I really loved Interstellar, and I really, really struggled with Suspiria. Oh, interesting. And I feel like those are 50-50 movies? Yes, 100%. We need to talk about about Interstellar because... (laughs) 
I this movie has really affected some people. This movie is art pop. Did you know that Poog did an entire episode on it? I do yeah. know this. Oh, yeah, and yeah, did yeah. you know, like, I think... I almost obsessed, rewatched it like, before, I think, the, before me the episode. Too. <laughs> me too. Literally, I, I think Mary did. Beth Barone and uh, Benito are both, like, yes, really into Interstellar 2. And it is, like, there's a whisper network of people that loved Interstellar, <laughs> and I count myself as one of them. And But it's like, but why? What is here's, it with Interstellar? Here's what's so special about it to me. I... Okay, so first of all, I love space movies. I am, any space movie, I'm six years old again, just like in awe of space. Um, But the lead actors are actors I generally don't care for, and I didn't even mind. I was like, it it, it helped me power through any sort of judgment about who's in this You don't care about Anne Hathaway? Maybe not, you know. Yeah, this not my new favorite. Segment. <laughs> yeah, new segment is just you don't care about you Anne don't Hathaway? care about Anne Hathaway. <laughs> um, I understand not caring about Anne Hathaway. I'm not gonna. I actually like, do care about Anne Hathaway. I do too, but like, I've I've kind of passed the point where I'm like, like I'm not gonna defend her. I I actually like her, but not enough to defend her. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, great in, in Brokeback Mountain. Incredible yes, in Brokeback great, Mountain. She's a great. She's actress. great in most things. Yeah, she's good in most. I actually like her a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I see her, I think you know what I'm going to be taken care of. This movie yeah. is going to at least be well performed. Yes, except for um, she was apparently very bad in Dark Waters. I did not see that one. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> um, wait. So what was the other one? You said Interstellar and uh, and Suspiria. Suspiria. Suspiria is very interesting. I. Suspiria is just like is it, truly art pop. Hmm. Have you seen Suspiria, Sam? <laughs> I've not seen Suspiria. Oh, it is like I mean I don't want to like ruin things, but like people's like heads blow up. Like it, it's just it, there's like the, uh, there's a lot of the movie stems around like a magical choreography that they do, and it's like do you know the choreo? People will die. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I want to see. I it. think you should see it. I think you would. Like I think it. I would like that. I love choreo, and I love people's heads exploding. <laughs> Suspiria is. It is a movie about how scary choreo can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you didn't like Suspiria. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Here's the thing with Suspiria is that they try to make it about like Nazi Germany or not Nazi Germany, but like post Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And you're like, where does this fit in with the choreo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also just really struggle with body horror. Oh, totally. Oh, In, yeah. like I'm like, I'm like, that's real, though. <laughs> yes. The yeah. body stuff was very difficult. So Sam and intense. I recently watched um, when she peed. That fucked yeah. my ass up when she peed. But oh, why spoilers, did she spoilers, pee? spoilers. And she and didn't she like pee and throw up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, body fluids are interesting and uh scary. Just yeah. I mean, just wow. Wow, 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 wow. But Interstellar and uh Suspiria are perfect examples of sixty percent movies. And yeah. I'm not going to look up and see if they're actually 60%. Spiritually, they are. Uh, um, I mean, yes, go ahead. No, you go. No, I had nothing to say. <laughs> well, I was going to... I'm like, we are... Okay, wait. We need to talk about the podcast while we make the podcast. Okay, yes. We need to talk about the podcast while we make the podcast. Are we doing okay right now? Yeah, Jared, what do you think? I think you're doing great. I mean, I'm... Are you sure? I I have flipped my hair no less than 14 times that so far. That means And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a courtship ritual. Wow. 
Okay, because part of me is like, I love talking about Interstellar and everything, and I just like, I'm, I'm like scared where our chemistry is off. Like, are really? we? We're not like talking over each other, are we? Oh my god! I mean, I don't like, feel that. Okay, good. But now I do. You fucking bitch. <laughs> Rude bitch. <laughs> um. Okay, okay. Let's do our first segment. Okay. Let's. Uh, wait. Here's a question. Yeah. Are the best Stradiolab episodes the sixty percent? episode oh interesting that's a great question thank you okay what was here's what i'll say like and i'm not gonna name names i have one in mind z-way that's what i was was literally like are they fighting (laughs) that was tough that one is art pop for sure that one is art pop and i do think literally when i heard sam started writing for z-way i was like oh good yeah, <laughs> they're not yeah, really no, fighting. No, in fact, it's interesting. Zoe, yeah, the fact that she would after that hire you is really says a lot about her. Um, no, that one was an interesting one, and there are a couple of other ones I can think of where I, at some point, was like, "Wait, are we doing a bit?" But I think there are two kinds of Straighter Lab listeners. I think there are the listeners who like the Art Pop episodes, and I think there are the listeners who like the straightforward episodes. I think you guys yeah. aren't afraid of dividing the room. Right. Well, we are mm. actually very afraid of it. We, we we just like then sometimes are too far are in too deep and can't not do it. <laughs> yeah, we unfortunately if if we had our druthers, every episode would be smooth sails, but we um unfortunately uh, dive into being like self-conscious and uh annoying. Well, what if I called you Boy Red Scare? You know, here's the thing. Someone has By the way, to I, as I've this listened before, to maybe I don't think it's one full minute of Red Scare, so I don't even really know what I was talking about. Um, but I just it just occurred to me, and I thought, well, how would you feel about that? People, there was someone who was like, who I thought you would be I boy Red be Scare, boy Red Scare. But then I listened, and it wasn't, so I liked it. I actually yeah. don't know the tone of Red Scare. I never listened to it, but I respect everything they do. I respect um, the art of podcasting. Yeah, anyone who's a podcaster is a brother to me. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, congrats to one of them for being on Succession. <laughs> Honestly, congrats. Was one of them on I Succession? Tweeted, one of them is on yeah. this season of Succession. Exciting. Yeah. I once tweeted, um, anyone who likes Succession should be allowed to be in season three, and I actually feel like that tweet kind of came true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's do our okay. first segment. Let's do our first segment. Um, Jared, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we investigate your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions that you must answer and the one rule is that you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the segment works do you copy copy (laughs) (laughs) okay jared um being really into true crime or being really into social dance That's my favorite part of this game. Um, oh, my God. That's oh, right. right. The sound effects. Oh, yeah, the sound yeah effects. we put those in after. I forgot about that. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, I was like, does that mean true crime because of the gun? Yeah, I was like, Jared's being so weird. I got too excited to make the gun sounds. Can you say it again? Yeah. Um, being really into true crime or being really into social dance? Social what? Dance. You like people that... Okay, this is like a straight thing where straight people like do like... Does no one know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like about, people but that are like into salsa and tango and like go to like oh, events okay. or dance. I didn't know doing dancing. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was like, like social what that dance. was called. 
Oh, it's not like you said, said like Dan like, plural, the name Dan. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> no, Social Dan's. <laughs> um, okay, I simply have forgotten the first one again, so I'll say Social <laughs> Dance. <laughs> um, okay. Um, an axe throwing bar or a cat cafe? An axe throwing bar. Hardwood floors or rock hard cock? <laughs> Rock hard cock. Okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt or Hewlett Packard? <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> double Jeopardy or double penetration? <laughs> oh, wow. George was I don't know why mine are so sexual. <laughs> I know why. Double Jeopardy. <laughs> um, okay. Tom of Finland or the United States of Terra? <laughs> United States of Terra. Okay. I'm going to be okay. so Ellen. Oh, my God. You're being very Ellen. I'm going to be so Ellen. <laughs> Oprah's favorite things or really Annie's mac and cheese? Annie's mac and cheese. <laughs> okay. Being a short king or drinking a tall boy? Ooh. Being a short king. Love. Great <laughs> wow. work, I think. Incredible work. Pew. Pew. <laughs> I wow. love what a, what a joy to hear someone quote back our, our Where did you find that music? Uh, we, we had, had someone, someone make, it. make it for us. But don't make fun of us for caring about our podcast and asking for someone to do something for it. No, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm like, because it's, it's like, it's familiar, but it's somehow also so unfamiliar. It's like, it's Western, but I've never heard anything like it. And every time well, I music, hear it, I'm like, where did they get this? Yeah. Well, the music is also, and this goes for our theme music as well. Like we got, we commissioned the music before we ever recorded an episode of the podcast. So it's kind of almost like, for a different vibe than the podcast ended up being like because originally because it was called straight Library, we were like we want the theme music to sound like an npr radio lab type thing and then we're gonna like satirize radio lab and talk about straight culture which is and which is not what the show ended up being so i would say honestly that our theme music kind of doesn't match the tone <laughs> I really like the theme music. Well, I think you. it sounds like Thank an you. Apple music. Uh, uh, it sounds yeah. like an Apple commercial. Yeah. Well, that's the highest praise, really, for any kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really. true. Yeah. It goes Apple, Apple commercials. Apple define commercial. Music. Grey's Anatomy. Wait. Yes. Everything else. hundred percent. Apple commercials. Do you remember? Like entire artists, like Feist, is who she is because of that Apple ad. Yeah. Oh my God. An it's industry. the power they had. And they, I feel like they wielded it mostly for good in that moment. I don't know. Jet, I mean, are you going to be my girl? I mean, I will, oh, you're I right. will always be. No, I mean that in a good way. I know it's, you, <laughs> I mean, like, I will always be, like, 17 when I hear that song. That's a great song. Long Island. Let's go. I, this is iPod really. iPod Mini, it's blue. I know we talked about our intellectual listener judging us, and I feel, I can't help but feel that us praising Jet's Are You Gonna Be My Girl (laughs) is going to really turn off our hyper-intellectual listener. But look, if you are the Sam and the George that I know, and the podcast that I know, you two are not afraid (laughs) to split the room. That's right. And we're not afraid to be cringe. Mm -mm. No. No. And I'll say one more thing about Apple. Like... Listen, obviously, um, that era was so kind of corny in its own way. However, 
after Steve Jobs left, you realize like he did have a magic touch. It, the, the era of like the colorful IMAX will always be more iconic than like the Apple TV originals that are currently on display. Say that. Just Those Mac commercials. Fuck. I know. Advertising can be really impactful and powerful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into our topic? Yeah. I'm actually fascinated with this topic because I almost I, it's we it's been a while since we've done a kind of high concept topic. Yeah, and Jared, um, I feel like you should just maybe introduce it and sort of say what led you to it, and we I think we can just get into it. Yeah, you got it, Sam. Um, <laughs> <coughs> oh, so wow, the that topic was giving Jim Carrey. I know. I was kind of you're a, you're a master, Jared. You're actually a very talented actor. Thank you yeah. so much. And I think that woman that laughed at you, well, she has bad taste. I agree. <laughs> but you and, know what, and... I, what else? I wonder if, like, do you think if either you had kept going in Spring Awakening or that woman had laughed at you, maybe you would have had, like, one of those really dark child actor uh, adulthoods. And thank God that woman laughed at you and thank God that Spring Awakening ended because now you can be a fully self-actualized adult. Yes. And I, I, one time I was like recently, I was watching, I was just scrolling through like my Explorer page and I saw like a clip of these two like very talented, handsome Broadway men doing, a, a, performing a song. <laughs> Um, and I was watching them like jump around on the stage and it was I like, know exactly for the, what you're referring to. <laughs> I, I, I hope that you do. And I kind of, I kind of don't want to name it cause I don't want to be like, I don't mean it like in a mean way, but I just like, I just saw it and it was like, I saw it clearly for the first time because as someone who's like, who's like been scorned, like I have this like lens for like when I mm-hmm. see it, I'm like this thing that rejected me, but it was like seeing it on my Explorer page somehow, like on my phone, like all this, all these years later, I just so clearly was like, oh, like, do you want to do that? And the answer was just, was just a no. Mm-hmm. And it like, it really freed me in that moment. Yeah. That is freeing. Was it? Gagachandra. Wow. How'd you know that? <laughs> do you want me to, I can bleep it out. Do you want me to bleep it out or keep it in? I don't know. I mean, I, ge- I genuinely don't mean it like in a mean way. Um, yeah. But we ca- we can bleep it out. Yeah, why not? Okay. Anyway, okay, we have to move anyway. on. Anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> but but okay. that's, fa- sorry, very funny that I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> and yeah. I'm really glad well, you did. I'm really glad you did. Um, um, that <laughs> clip released me. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's truly a you know decade what? I actually, there of are wondering. Like comedy things, there are comedy things that I feel that way about. Like when, you know, when you see like someone truly doing even think of something like a late night set when I was younger, especially it would seem like the thing, like the goal for stand-up comedy. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, to, to have your name on a lineup be followed by parentheses, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything more glamorous than that? And then you see people do late night sets and you're like, honestly, yeah. it's less of a comment on the thing and more of uh, like the culture around it that obsesses about it. Yeah. It's kind of like, have you ever attended the, uh, have you ever been in the audience for any kind of live taping for a talk show or like a morning show? Mm-hmm. One of the darkest experiences. Oof. Just, <laughs> although I will say I did go to, 
I did go to a taping. Wait, I'm not going to get into this. I can't get into this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, we actually um, can't because this is Ellen. We can't mention any names of celebrities, and no. we can't we can't say anything negative about the entertainment industry. We can't. We're bleeping everything we're because bleeping everyone everything in the entertainment out, industry, including is, Ellen. Actually, I, yeah. I don't. Oh, we're bleeping that. Yeah. My hands are sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's not just because of the booster shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. No, let's. Everyone we've ever worked with has been incredible. Angels Every, from heaven, little sweet. And any anyone who has success specifically is such an angel and sweetie, and like so good. So I just want to leave it there. Such an angel and sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> which leads us to our topic today. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Which is um, what was it? It's Being easygoing. Being easygoing is the topic. Being easygoing. There it is. So being easygoing. Describe like, being, what you mean by that. Okay, yeah. so basically it is just uh, a really uh, uh, sort of like vicious takedown of my two closest straight friends who are really easygoing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish they weren't. Uh, basically, I feel like uh, a big part of like the straight experience is like most things are catered for you. Most things are working out for you. Like you, you don't have this pit in your stomach from like the age of seven on that something is deeply wrong. And unless you micromanage every element of your day and public mm-hmm. perception, you will you will be uh, sent on a on a boat to an island far away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and as a result, uh, I am uh, not very easygoing. And I think in those moments, I do feel very close to my gayness uh, and later in life have really come to love and embrace. And I I find that like bringing my lack of being easygoing, like to the, to front and center, like, like helps me and like releases me of things. And, but it does feel very gay. As as a viewer of you personally, I feel, I'm surprised to find out that you're not easygoing because I feel like I've seen you. You're like very kind always. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Was you, that a signal, um, George? Are you saying something? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually, I'm actually so offended by everything you just said, and I think you're you're really painting in broad strokes about the queer community. And I, and I really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, I'm like, we really should not have done this. Like, this is not um, this is not good representation. <laughs> But I feel I'm I'm surprised, and I also feel like you're you're a man that's always on the go. You're like you're at every show. You're somehow always both in LA and New York, and you're like I don't I don't know how you do it. I do. Think <laughs> and sometimes I, but, when you post a poster of your upcoming shows, I'm like he has to have made some of these up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I got I got I don't know I don't know I gotta like. I, I I need to throw my phone into the ocean. I think that no. is the best. No, no, but I but I, I I so relate to what you're saying, where you initially you're like, you think this kind of I don't want to use the word anxiety because that means something very specific, but like you think this kind of uh, constant overthinking and um, slight discomfort in every area of your life is like a fatal flaw. And then you learn to be like, oh, actually, so much of what I have to offer is because I am like forced to feel slightly uncomfortable in certain environments and question things at its best. Um, And then you're like, you know, yes, it sounds wonderful to be really easygoing, but that it's like imagine going through life without any kind of tension. 
Sounds pretty great. <laughs> I I have an anecdote about um, this. One time I was sitting in the park and I was like, these straight guys sat sort of near me and we're having a conversation. And it was like truly the chillest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. Like they were like, oh yeah, man, I just like went upstate and like, yeah, we found this swimming hole and it was like so nice. And like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you should try this. And like just everything was like the truly most carefree thing I had ever heard in my entire life. There was no like, yeah, we like we went to the swimming hole and like we did get stuck in traffic or like, like <laughs> it was just like good vibes only um, in the fullest extent. And I was like, wow, that is actually, something straight like there is something so happy <laughs> yes well and like, i would argue it can like lead into toxic territory yeah where like when someone stands out in that way it's like it's like toxic positivity you know it's mm -hmm. like well okay well, well there's an array of experiences that can be happening here right now like something like this and this is and this is i'm not sure if this is a celebration of straight culture or or an absolute takedown, but like the idea of like going to a restaurant, going to like a, a restaurant or a bar, and being like, "Ah, uh, can I have a uh, can I have a Modelo?" And then the waiter's like, "We don't have Modelo, we have Corona." And then being like, "That's fine, I'll take Corona," and then having Corona. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, that seems so foreign to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Okay, I do so that. I say it's fine. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say, "Oh, oh, I'll, that's okay. No, thank you." And I would not have beer. And I would just not have beer. I wouldn't well, make wow. anyone feel bad about it. Because I also yeah. like, that's the worst kind of person. Um, but I would simply just not have beer. That's fascinating. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look for a different kind of beer to have? Okay, and now you guys are kind of being no, no, no. straight I, I'm toxic. So into you guys no, no, brought no. me here, and now you're embarrassing <laughs> my ass. No, I, I want to <laughs> apologize on behalf of Sam. Um <laughs> He's actually so toxically easygoing that he judges people for having uh, any kind of preference. <laughs> Corona no, tastes like wrong. weed. It tastes like weed water. It tastes like bong water. Well, is, you're it, allowed to have your preferences, but I'm sure there were other beers on the menu. Other sometimes there Corona. aren't, Sam. Yeah, this is just... Sometimes just if what you want bar are you going to? Water, they only have Topo Chico. So then now you've revealed to the whole table that you want sparkling water, but you will not have this specific sparkling water. Right. Like, it's that important to you. Like, it's just, it's so intimate. It's like, if you only have one option, you're really putting people at the edge of a cliff. Because it's like... <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I want to, like, dig deeper into this. Because it's like... Okay, I'm trying... This is insane. We're <laughs> I was like a little on board. I, I was pushing this conversation forward and now I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is absolutely bonkers. Well, so, okay. I will say this. If you are always happy with whatever, then you're not going to move the world forward. We can't have social progress if everyone accepts a Corona when they actually want a Modelo. <laughs> but... Counterpoint. Yeah. yeah. You also have to pick your battles. Like hundred percent. But I think like said, like he's not gonna argue. Oh yeah, there's no like, battle. There is no battle. Swords are down. And and that's when also you leave... interesting because sometimes it's like um the opposite of easygoing can be one of two things. The opposite of easygoing can be either like actually very combative or it can be the opposite, which is like shutting down like basically going in your head. So when you say no to the corona, do you then, like, are you 
is your mood changed? Like, I think this is like, are you like happy? You're like, I just said no to it and that's fine. Or are you like a little like, well, they didn't have my, they didn't have my thing. (laughs) No, the mood mood doesn't change. The mood doesn't change. Okay. See, that's the only only fear in that moment is that I have now been revealed in some way. Mm. I have now revealed something about myself. Because of course the bartender is not used to, oh my God. Can you guys hear when my phone goes off? That's the bartender. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's calling to say but his mood did change. His and mood yeah, did change. Do not listen yeah. to Jared. Yeah, the bartender is calling. <laughs> we actually have a call from the uh, from a listener. Um, I, I see what you're saying because not only are you now not drinking beer, but you also have exposed the darkest part of yourself to this bartender. Yeah. Because this bartender is like, Never in my life have I offered someone an alternative beer and that person has said, no, I won't have any beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels it feels self-punishing in a way. Like That's my whole life, fe- baby. Um, I love watching you George, guys struggle to relate in this no, 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 moment. No, no, no. no, I, no, no we're considering we, we every are, angle. Our, mm. our goal is always to find the deeper truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, George, are you, do you consider yourself easygoing? No. Do you consider yourself easygoing? I don't know. I I think I I think I'm very aware. I try to be very aware of like other people and like, uh, but I I do think I make an active effort to like let a lot of stuff go like very quickly, like to not let stuff like bother me. Mm-hmm. But maybe I think an actual easygoing person would not even have to get that far, like. I see what like, you're saying. Yeah, you, you're almost <laughs> like at at, at 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 it's like you're fighting against your instinct to not be easygoing, and at every yeah. and at any given time you're like I'm easygoing, I'm easygoing, I'm easygoing, I'm easygoing. <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand that. I think I do that to some extent too. I want to be coming across well at any given point. I think that's where my uh, kind of neuroticism or lack of easygoingness comes from. Yeah, M- much less so than the beer thing like i'm more likely to take to take the corona and then where the way i'm not easygoing is like i'll say something i think it sounds stupid and then i'll spend like an hour explaining myself and then people are like no one wants to hear this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the best anyone can do is seem easygoing yeah that's true yeah well it's all a performance yeah yeah many have said that (laughs) <laughs> um yeah i believe someone once said all the world's a stage mm, yes taylor <laughs> and swift. the rest is taylor drag. swift and the rest, all the yeah. world's a stage and the rest is drag yes 100 percent. i i love um instead of sort of like the trolley problem yeah. i love that we've created the corona problem it's like <laughs> yeah. what's the corona problem either you accept the corona or you have nothing at all. Like, it's like, yeah. I feel cursed by like my preferences where I'm like, I will have like, when people are like, oh, I can't tell the difference between tastes of things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, that seems so relaxing. Cause I feel like See, I'm, that's kind of me. I'm very uh, like food is one of those things specifically where I'm like, I've chosen to be easygoing because when I was a kid, I was really picky and it like kind of made life more difficult. And so when I was like, oh, I just don't, what if I just didn't care? about what I'm eating at any given time. Wait, that, okay. I once, (laughs) and I'm maybe misremembering, but I once witnessed an interaction between you and Misha where the vibe was like, Misha was like, what kind of, 
Yes, Misha Barton, <laughs> yeah. Sam's girlfriend. Where Misha was like, Sweet what as kind angel. of ex do you Sweet want? Sweet angel. And you were like, I don't care. And Misha was like, you have to pick one. Like, you're actually making my life harder by being so easygoing. Does that sound familiar? This does sound a little familiar. I mean, I, I, don't, I, sometimes... I, I don't know if this, if I witnessed this or if you said something or if Misha said something. But, like, I feel like, does that sound like a dynamic that is familiar with you and Misha? Yeah. Broadly And especially because Misha cares deeply about food. Yeah. Like, it is his, it is his thing. And so I like very much try to just like take beyond a backseat because I'm like, because also if I am like, I want this, he'll like take that very seriously. He like likes to please in that way. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, I kind of don't say my food wants because they're not that important to me. And if I do, he'll be like, well, I didn't get the thing I wanted because I was trying to uh, cater to Sam. And then it was like, yeah. so I've been, I've learned to be like, I don't care. What's Whatever. your favorite food, Sam? Um, my favorite food, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, a good old fashioned burrito is, mm. I think is my favorite. Beautiful. It's like, I love, I love the practicality. I love, um, you're full. <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's my, and, and it's spicy. I love spicy. Do you find that you can become particular about your burrito? It's possible. I do. That's a great, this is. Jared, you're being incredible. This is a really good line of questioning because I actually... I'm going to trap your ass on... This is gotcha journalism. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and it started with, what's your favorite food? Yeah. Three minutes from now, you're in tears. Thank God you're here here to, like, put us in our place because I feel like we... This topic really fucked with both of our heads. I feel like I have not made any sense this entire episode. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, no, agreed, no, Jared, agreed, agreed. you're right. You're right. I do care about which, how the burrito is done. No, but also I really care though too, and I feel like it makes me really come alive. Like I've, I've, I've really have done a full 180 about my preferences, where it's like, yes, it's a curse, but also like it can be a blessing, and like I love to find out what other people's are too. Like I love to kind of encourage others to to share what makes them crotchety to mm-hmm. kind of relieve me of my own. Yeah, and also I just love food, and burritos are delicious. And there are bad burritos out there. There are a lot of bad burritos out there. Uh, I can't even like fully get into this, but like when I moved from the Bay Area to the East Coast, I, I <laughs> the burritos are so bad here <laughs> that like one time I almost cried when I had them. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like, <and> I, <laughs> truly, I was like, I did not know this was an option because I didn't really have burritos growing up. Like, I I didn't have a lot of Mexican cuisine, and then when I lived in California, the burrito, you know, the Mexican food is so good that I just thought that's like what Mexican food was like in America. And then you kind of, I mean, and real fans will remember, I also lived in Boston for two years and try to have Mexican food in Boston. I mean, you might as well kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So this is like I'm. Tr- I feel like what you're saying, Jared, is interesting because I'm almost now like thinking everyone's personality is defined by how much they care about certain things, and then in fact, your assessment of someone else's personality is defined by how much what they care about matches what you care about. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is, you can never like really know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been Stradio Lab. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, 
Yeah, I do feel like this topic, um, you know, when it started, it was like, yes, this will be carefree. This will be fun mm-hmm. to sort of dive into each of our psyches. Um, and I do feel like it has actually destroyed us. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like feel we've like lost I ourselves. I don't know who I am. Like, I, I, and in fact, I think we're in kind of a psychoanalysis zone where, like, if we were to stop this episode right now, I might... I might be ruined forever. <laughs> Someone needs to leave me back. Leave back off. I, the I can get us out of here. I can get us out. Of here. Yeah, and I think it goes back to those men in the park who were really yes. relaxed mm-hmm. and sharing their experience of this, like this, like this trip that like went really well. I'll say I went on like a I went on like a like a trip Airbnb situation uh, with two friends of mine, two, two white gay friends of mine, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just disaster from start to finish. Yeah. Arguing in the, truly arguing in the car about which Chromatica song to play. That like wow. got truly tenuous. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's like, babe, just play the whole album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which and w- you're saying if you guys were three straight guys, that would not have happened. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I find three straight guys who argue about which Chromatica song to play. <laughs> yeah, Prove the three straight guys, yeah. it would actually be really easy. They would all be like, sign from above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, sign from above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, dude. <laughs> Always. Um, okay. Okay, I don't know if this will help, but in addition to the the straight guys in the park story, mm-hmm. is I, I even wonder if part of it is straight people feel very comfortable expressing like joy without caveats, like yes, because I think gay like I I personally know that sometimes I okay, feel if something goes great, I feel like I always have to be like yeah it was really fun. I mean this part was annoying just to like because I'm not a psychopath. I need to like tell you that of course there were bad elements. Yeah, but like but it was still really fun and so it's like but a straight person doesn't feel that guilt about having a good time yeah right. and and also and shame about broad... what you're have what is giving you a good time when i was yeah. a kid i like subvert i like what's the, not subverted what's the word where you put something in something else not subsidized recontextualized recontextualized no it sounds like maybe it is subverted sub basically like all of my gay shit i put it into pokemon Oh, um, oh, oh, like God. what's that word? Let's ask one of your intelligent Wait, listeners. Wait, this is crazy. <laughs> sub, uh, our intelligent listener is like word, right? I yelling at us. Substituted. <laughs> <laughs> subjugate? No, not subjugated. Um, sub channeled. Yeah, channeled is fun. Channeled. I like channeled. channeled it's not exactly what you're looking for, but yeah. but okay, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I channeled all of my gay shame into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And when I was um, like a 12-year-old child, I thought it was so embarrassing and lame that I liked Pokemon. I thought I was the oldest loser nerd mm-hmm. who liked Pokemon. I felt incredibly old at 12 years old. Um, and I just like told no one about it. And like, I, I like, it was like a secret. It was my favorite fucking thing and it was like an absolute secret wow. and then now to see like how global and still like omnipresent how's that for a word um <laughs> say it um it is it's like it's it's like laughable that i ever thought that i was so uniquely weird and wrong to like this thing that became a global phenomenon that is still around to this day 
Um, and so like having like having shame about expressing what is making you feel joyful is also a part of like why you. Yeah. I, yeah. That's fascinating that you um, that that like rather than feeling shame for being gay, you chose something less painful. Yes. I feel like I was that similar when I was a kid. I was also into like stuff like that. Like I was into Yu-Gi-Oh like too old. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, <laughs> but it was like, but I loved it. But it yeah. was like, truly, no one at school can know this. And you were not too old. <laughs> like, you were <laughs> literally the demographic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. all my examples are like objectively gay. It was like I watched Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> um, yeah. I also think the thing with what you're saying, what you're both saying of like, uh, opening with the negative rather than the positive and being less able to express joy comes also from the fact that I think we think negative things are more interesting than positive things. Like, right? Yeah. 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 It's like when, when I'm, when I'm attempting to be interesting, it is more, I'm more likely to try to critique something than to try to like praise something. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not to always be doing Lord propaganda, but I, I, <laughs> I think solar power bothered people because it was like, what if I was happy? Sam, oh you're God, doing Lord Sam. propaganda again. <laughs> what did we talk if, about? She said, what if I was happy a little bit? And then everyone was like, fuck you. Kill yourself. <laughs> be sad again. I like it when you're bad. Yeah, I guess. I guess that same could be said of um, Taylor Swift's Lover. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I guess the other thing those albums have in common is that they're less good than, <laughs> than, the, than the ones they're compared to. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Interesting. I'm, but yeah, I know. I think there's some something to that. So, yeah. So where are you in your easygoing journey now, Jared? Where am I? I am, I think I'm doubling down on whatever the opposite of being easygoing is. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that sort of um, is relatable. Like if I can't be, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if I can't actually be agreeable with everyone, I can at least be relatable. So I will share the things that I either really like or really don't like and why. Mm-hmm in a way that activates others to share their own things. Oh, I see. So you're using your own <laughs> preferences to welcome people in and say, it's okay to talk about things we don't like and things we do like. Yeah. Not it's very, has, um, you're actually inviting people to not be easygoing if they exactly, feel oppressed exactly, by toxic Exactly. Exactly. This is... um. At uh, the venue, the Pit in in NY City, they used to have a the thing that was I found really embarrassing on the wall that was like the clown's prayer, and it was like I will be a silly Billy, I will, and it was like oh, something really <laughs> I don't remember what it said, but it was like basically like a mantra of like what you would do if you were funny or something. And uh, Jared, I do feel like what you just said is sort of uh, the stand-up's prayer, like you're like just describing what like comedy is. <laughs> I'm like, like, it's like I will talk about stuff that bothers me, and yeah. I will be open about what I don't like. Yeah, and in that way, and hope I will people relate. People, <laughs> do you think we got to the bottom of being easygoing? I don't. I don't know that anyone could in thirty minutes 
over Zoom. But we certainly yeah. tried. I think we asked more questions than we answered. Okay. <laughs> but I also think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, people should be more comfortable with unanswered questions, in my opinion. Yeah. I think this episode is an art pop. I think this episode <laughs> <Okay>. is... <laughs> It's going to be one I would that people argue are like, you are not being easygoing about this episode. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, now wow. it's our fault, bitch. Actually insane. <laughs> okay. What do you want? What? I actually, I do think what? I'm also maybe a little bit tired today, but like, I, I really like, am racking my brain. Like, this has actually made me confront my own lack of easygoingness. (laughs) Yeah, I think me too. I think maybe in my head I did think I was easygoing. And now I'm like, no, I'm absolutely not. It's all a sham. And I'm also, Um, I'm like, I'm nervous about, or not nervous, but I'm like, I hate it when I, both Sam and I, we love a a theory, like an all-encompassing theory. And it stresses me out that it's like, we haven't, we don't have a theory about easygoingness yet. You know, like, like, like we don't sort of have a, a, a thesis. A or thesis. Something? Yeah, I think I think that it's straight to be easygoing because you didn't have that seed when you're when you're like. No, you're right, I, and yes, and and I think ultimately that is what it comes down to. I'm also and, wondering, yeah, if you're straight and you're listening to this, and you're not <laughs> yeah. easygoing. Um, feel free to make your voice heard. Um, I I guess normally I think it's funny and part of the bit a little bit that it's like a lot of queer people mostly talking about things they think are straight. And that's like clearly part of the joke. But this one, I'm like, I think some really uneasy straight people are going to be really hurt. And, <laughs> yeah. and they are going to want to sort of uh, clap back at um, us. Hmm. I really think this episode is a very important one. And in fact... I think the idea of easygoingness is something that I'm really going to think about a lot moving forward. That's all I have to say. If I have made either one of you worse today, I've done my job. <laughs> no. No. No, this Just is more aware pop. of our flaws. Yeah it's, yeah. it's art pop. It's, um, it's Suspiria. It is and Suspiria. Look, sexuality is a spectrum. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm very straight. Sometimes I'm only a little straight. And that's mm-hmm. the end of my spectrum. <laughs> so I, I really encourage like you have it. a straight passing voice. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Ooh, but if you are, sh- I just want to, I just want to like just shout out to my straight people out there. I see you. I love you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. If you are straight and you are not being easygoing, you're being queer in this moment, and sure, that'll change, and you'll find your, you know, you'll find your way back, and and you know, every every day is a new and different day. If you're a straight person who doesn't feel like fully comfortable, you're part of the LGBTQ community. If you're a straight person who gets uneasy in certain situations at all, you can say faggot. If you've ever experienced experienced conflict, uh, whether it be interpersonal or otherwise, I'll see you at the parade. Wow. Um, wow. I think we should do our final segment. I do too. And you know what the real tea is? I have no oh my God. thing planned. Me neither. I, I do totally have... forgot about this. I have one in mind, actually. Oh, but do you? Uh, 
Yeah, Jared, our final segment is called Shoutouts, and in it, you know, we give a shout-out to anything that we enjoy, sort of in the style of uh, the 2001 uh, TRL, you're in Times Square, shouting out to your squad back home. So, um, just anything you like, and I actually do have one to kick us off. Wow. Ready? Mm-hmm. What's up, idiots and losers and freaks and bozos out there? I just want to give a huge shout-out to the one, the only, Bjork. I have not ever been a Bjork gay, but I do live in Bushwick and I do have a mullet now. And a lot of people are sort of assuming you must be a Bjork gay. But, and I conceptually, I would like to be a Bjork gay. And so I've been doing my research, I've been listening to Bjork, and I have been enjoying. I think it's actually great for uh, as we go from fall to winter. It's um, really setting a nice tone. And I am excited to educate myself on this incredible, amazing artist. Life never. Never ends, and you can always become a Bjork gay when you feel it's your time. Love you, Bjork! Woo! Woo! Wow, Sam, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's actually been very fun. I've been annoyed at most music recently, and I was really needing a, a change, and you know, I've been loving yeah. I actually see parallels between this shout out and my Tilda Swinton shout out because they're both like women that are almost like now cliche to be like an, you know, kind of an alt gay who responds. Mm-hmm to either of them mm-hmm. but um but they are both the real deal they're the real deal baby they're good for a reason and without further ado i guess i should think of something to say i i have one if you need us <laughs> oh okay great oh wow we've never done this okay perfect wow is it crazy to have a guest go second no i love it okay great Anything's possible. Okay. go for it the new co-host <laughs> just just start huh yeah mm-hmm Hey guys, what's up? I want to give a shout out to Modelo. You are so <laughs> delicious to me. You don't taste like bong water like some other beers. There is a reason that they didn't call COVID the Modelo virus because you are delicious. You have gold foil on the top. What am I, a damn king over here? This is like Ferrero Rocher. This is like Godiva. This is luxury. You are giving me luxury and you are saying, you you know what, you're not just in a, in a regular bar. You're exactly in the right place where you're supposed to be on this planet. And you are so delicious and I appreciate all that you've given me and all the times that I have had with an ice cold Modelo in my hand. Shout out Modelo. Woo! And now, incredible. you know what? I actually have one. Oh, please. And this will be my, my second food-related shout-out in a row. Okay, ready? What's up? Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. That's the best one. I, I feel like no, let's uh, wrap it up. Like, that's really good. Never am I less easygoing than when I try to do shout-outs. I'll say that. Um, what's up, my little friendos and girlies and boilies? I want to give a quick shout-out to... Okay. I want to give a quick shout-out to, as a dessert, bringing out... Citrus and pieces of dark chocolate. This is something that I recently experienced when I went over to my friend Allison's house. We had a very gorgeous meal. And then very effortlessly, she brought out a plate of like sliced grapefruit and orange and things like that. And then another plate of like two different kinds of nice dark chocolate. And it was like, here, like we can have this after our meal. At first I was like, okay, like, 
This isn't a flourless chocolate cake. This isn't a flan. This is more of a, a of a deconstructed dessert vibe. Then I started having it, and I was like, this is the best dessert I've ever had. It's so easy. Anyone can do it. You just have to take a little stop at the farmer's market and then another little stop at your little supermarket. And let me tell you something. You are ready for a restaurant-quality dessert, and anyone can do this. This is Georgia's hot tip of the day. <laughs> Go out there, get some citrus and some dark chocolate, and serve it to your guests as dessert. And that's all I have to say about that. Woo! 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 I love that. Doesn't that Very British. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why America hasn't embraced chocolate orange. It's like kind of gross to us. And I used to think it was gross, but it's incredible. Yeah. And I think, and, I, and I'm like, I, I don't even mind the combination of flavors of chocolate and orange. It was more like to put out just like those two plates with those two things is so genius because you actually, they both taste better on their own than if it was just like a chocolate orange Cake Whatever, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I you should you're, do it. You, you're like dinner party, um, sort of. Uh, I don't know what it is. Expertise. I feel like you're doing a lot of like dinner party experiences that I and you're learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two to be exact. <laughs> and that's <laughs> really incredible by me. But I just I went. I, I've been like going over to people's for dinners. Yes. I have never had a deconstructed dessert that didn't feel so complicated and like not worth the effort. Mm-hmm. So to hear that, to hear this sort of deconstructed dessert and it's, it was just so simple. It, it really is. It's delicious. And like, it's also a crowd pleaser. It's not like putting out like mixed nuts. <laughs> well, I love a little, I love little bites. Like yeah. I, I think I hate a cake because the like, oh no, I have a whole piece of this yeah. thing. And it's like, and I you just know what want else? To... If you're like full from a large meal, it's actually to put something like that where someone doesn't have to have like a whole slice of something. They can literally have like a piece of orange and a piece of chocolate is, I mean, ideal. It's so fun. Wow. Congrats to the whole team. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Jared, I feel like this has been a smash. This is one that people will be... Jared, uh, Jared, uh, just a little send off. That was easy. Going. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm being a bad boy. We gotta shut that. this down. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> that is so iconic. That was like this episode has already been so insane, and then you're like, and here's a little cherry on top. Wow, that is the most art pop thing you've done this whole episode. <laughs> I'm a vomit artist. Vomit artist. That's you vomit are artist. a vomit artist. Wow, deep cut. Wow. Jesus Christ, that did was incredible. Did you see that woman that peed? That that. <laughs> That peed on someone on stage. No. What was this? This this is a a, a band called, I think, Brass Against. Let me see. Brass. Yeah. Okay. So it's this band called Brass Against. And they just did this um, festival called Rockville. And basically, this woman, the lead singer, brought up a guy who consented to it and um, had him lie down. And then she peed on his face. Whoa! Wow. Which is like Go very off. like metal and very like punk rock, whatever. But then the twist is that then the next morning they tweeted an apology and they were like, "We're sorry, Sophia got carried away," which is like the worst thing you can do. It's like you have to own it if you're gonna pee on someone on stage. <laughs> Why do you think they got embarrassed? Yeah. Later? Well, I just think it was like she wanted to be metal and the rest of the band was like not there yet. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But now the videos are all over online, and sadly, I. I did watch it because it like came up on my feed and I didn't know what I was watching. 
I mean, it sounds kind of funny. I would check that out. She also is. It's a really good. Um, it's a really strong stream of pee. Like she does a good job <laughs> of really peeing. Wow! Wow! Um, well, speaking of pee, I actually need to pee right now. All right. So maybe we call it. Okay. Now I feel like I I shouldn't have brought this pee thing up, and now you're like, all right, George, that's enough <laughs> out of you. No, no, it's the burp. It's still not. It didn't live up to the burp. The burp. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. You're right. You're right. I guess burping to Sam is more disgusting than peeing in someone's face. Well, you're describing if you got up right now and peed on your microphone, sure, that would be I, disgusting. What if I got up and then appeared on Jared's screen? <laughs> like just somehow I was down. in his apartment and then peed on him. That would be that, that would, would be that a top the Patreon. That would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the Patreon. We'll all pee on each other. Um, could be huge. Could be huge. And also, just to clarify, I don't. It's, I'm not kink shaming anyone. I was just not prepared for the video. Okay. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Jared, for being on this podcast. Um, I think we really got to the bottom of we what street culture is. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. What a dream. It's been a delight. Um, right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.